Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the Paid in Full podcast. I'm your host, Joe Rausch, and this is episode number seven. Thank you guys for listening. I really, really appreciate you. Um, And everyone that's been following me on Instagram and just been interacting and joining in on the tutorials uh, that I've been doing on Zoom, you guys are the best. Um, It's been a lot of fun for me. And I love all the great questions uh, that you guys are asking. So let's keep this up and uh, keep building our little community here. And uh, super appreciate you. So uh, also, if you haven't done it yet, please subscribe to the podcast. Uh, also, give me a little rating. If you want to hit a little five stars, I would uh, love that. But um, tell you, tell a friend, share this, and uh, let's keep building. So uh, today, um, lots to talk about. We're going to move into the streaming world of the mechanical streaming world, to be exact. Now, last episode, we talked about mechanical royalties, and before that, we were talking about performance royalties. So my point is to basically do this overview of these royalties because even before we understand how they're calculated, how they're paid and all this stuff, we actually have to understand what they are. So it's a it's a really, really complex world. And what I find with a lot of people I talk to is that even just the general terminology and the general understanding of how these things are broken out is complicated in itself. And I totally get that. When I first started working in this industry, um, specifically in royalties, it was really hard to keep track of everything and know where all these streams are coming from and what they are and what they're for. So I'm not you know, diving incredibly deep into every royalty at this point. Trust me, we'll have many, many more episodes where, uh, where I'll uh, totally nerd out and bring you guys to the depths of that with me. Um, But for now, we're just kind of keeping it on an overview sense. So uh, we get that general understanding and continue to build our foundation. All right. So that being said, uh, let's jump into talking about mechanical streaming. Uh, Streaming is like the unknown. So many people are like, what is my streaming rate? Why am I getting paid so low? You see these headlines of people saying, I've gotten a million streams and I'm getting paid nothing. It's a lot more complex than that. And we really have to look at this um, from from a kind of total view of the landscape and also where it's going. Because I think we're in a really uh, great place with streaming of where it's actually going to be going and kind of the things that are happening right now have all been benefiting writers uh, and also artists as well. Streaming is growing incredibly fast, but we're still so early on what it's going to become. You know, I tell people, look, the fact that there's still people buying CDs or vinyl or downloading um, from iTunes, still having that ownership just shows you how early we are in what streaming is actually going to become. The fact that not every single person around the world is streaming yet, you just see the magnitude of growth that can happen. And just from a user base standpoint, the fact that every every you know every month there's more and more users uh, subscribing to Apple Music, to Spotify, um, there's more platforms. You see Amazon Music is incredibly growing. Uh, Pandora, you know, a couple years ago, they've implemented their interactive streaming. So you're seeing a lot more people jump into this space and a lot more users jump into this space at an incredible rate. And from that alone, look, I mean, two years ago, it was tough to get a million streams on Spotify if you were a, an independent artist. 
Now, just in those couple years, it's never been easier and it's only getting easier to get those millions of streams. So that just shows you from a user-based standpoint uh, of just natural discovery and the more people that use these platforms, the more streams you're going to get. It's kind of you know just really easy to think about it like that. So um, let's start talking about uh, the the types of royalties and what this kind of means. What do these streams mean for you uh, as an artist or a songwriter? Now, the last couple episodes, uh, we've been talking about pretty much just the musical composition side. So that is the songwriter side. That's the publishing side. And I want to keep it there right now. Um, I don't like you know, putting together both the sound recording and publishing in kind of my same episodes here because I really, really want to continue to emphasize how we have to keep these worlds totally separate. So if any of this is confusing for you, just, you know, shoot me a note and I'm happy to talk through it. But for now, let's continue to keep this stuff separate. And today, let's just talk about this musical composition side of the royalties. And that's where we get into that term mechanical. And you know, from last episode, mechanical, that, that term is a musical composition, a songwriter, a publishing term. It's, it's about the publishing royalties, the songwriter royalties, and uh, the royalties for the use of the musical composition. And why that's so important is because it goes back to copyright law. And you know me. I love talking about this. I love bringing it back to our roots with copyright law. So let's just take a quick review on how uh, those, what those rights are and how those rights um, basically implement themselves into the streaming world. So as you guys know, and if you don't by now, go back to episode one and check out what I'm talking about with copyright law. So if you're a songwriter and you write a song, you get uh, basically five basic rights uh, under the musical composition. Two of those rights play a very big part in streaming. The first is the right to reproduce, so it's a reproduction right. And the second is the right to publicly perform. And that's what we talked about in our performance royalties episode, episode number um, five, where uh, that public performance right, that's the one that's handled by ASCAP, BMI, CSAC, that takes care of your public performance right. But in the streaming world, a single stream... Um, basically generates royalties for both of those, for the right to reproduce and the right to publicly perform. So in normal terms, what happens? Well, you get paid for your performance, which you're going to get a a streaming royalty that's going to go to your PRO for ASCAP and BMI because, you know, Spotify and Apple, and I'll just use Spotify for this example um, because they all kind of function the same. But basically when we talk about that public performance, they are actually the the system of Spotify is performing your song. That's how we can hear it. You know, it's not like we, you know, download the song from Spotify and then put it on another device and listen to it. We're actually using Spotify's platform to listen to the music. And that listening of your song means Spotify is actually performing your song through their system. That's why we get that performance royalty that goes to the PRO because it relates back to that public performance copyright. So that's why you get one royalty there. Now, the right to reproduce, that one is the mechanical side of this. And this has been really tricky. Honestly, Spotify even at one point tried to argue that there wasn't a mechanical component, that there was only a performance component. So 
there is this reproduction because they have this recording that's living on there that um, is reproduced to be on their platform. So it kind of functions like almost like a digital download would be, right? When uh, a record label uses your composition and creates a recording, they're reproducing that and making that available on another platform. So that's kind of a a way of, of explaining it a little bit, but just know that when we talk about mechanical, we're talking about that reproduction right. Now, Spotify, the way they pay that royalty is very separate than the performance. This is paid totally different. And I'm going to get into the kind of and focus on this reproduction right and this mechanical streaming component here. That's why I divided this in two different episodes because it functions incredibly different than what we saw with a normal mechanical royalty. Now, the uh, what we saw with mechanical royalties in the last episode, you know there's a rate, um, that mechanical royalty rate of 0.091 per unit, meaning nine cents a unit. It's a very hard line rate that's been applied by the Copyright Royalty Board, the CRB. Hey, this is the rate that you get per unit. Boom, it's very crystal clear. Well, in streaming, it's not. We don't actually have a rate per stream. So when someone says, how much am I you know, getting paid for a stream? The real answer is I don't know. I don't know. Nobody actually knows. And the only way you know is every month when you see your statement on what that rate comes in at because it's, it's a variable rate. Now, I could give you a ballpark figure, but I can't give you an exact rate like the 0.091. Now, the reason for that is because on the publishing side, now there's an established way of calculating the rate, but it's based on a percentage of the revenue. And um, I'll be going through an entire episode where we do this calculation and I walk you through every single step, but we're not going to get bogged down with numbers right now. It's just going to be way too confusing. But if you wanted to on your own time, um, Jeff Price of, uh, you know, he was the, the, person who founded TuneCore. Um, he has a company called Audium. He recently wrote a definitive guide on Spotify royalties, which uh, it's long. It's, it's about like 50 pages. Um, it's, I mean, there's a lot of like, uh, you know, um, graphics and things like that. So uh, it's not, you know, dry reading for 15 page, for 50 pages, but it's a pretty good way of explaining it. But even before reading that, there's so many things you have to understand to even comprehend that. But if you wanted to take your own time and try to go through that, it's kind of a good step to you know explore of, of how this works. Um, and he did a, he did do a good job as anyone can do. So that's a good resource, um, and, and it's, it, it's a it's a good read if you have the time. I'll like I said, I'll be walking through the actual calculations in another episode where we'll uh, talk about examples. But going back to kind of that variable rate. Um, that's based on this percentage of revenue. I want to talk about a little bit of history first of how we kind of got there. And the reason um, why we can't have that rate is because streaming just acts really differently than a download that you own. You're not owning streams and that's a huge component. So it already starting to, it's already starting to function differently than what a digital download or even a CD purchase would be. So that term mechanical traditionally was for digital downloads, CDs, records, things like that. 
So when we kind of combine it with streaming, we really had to redefine it. And that happened um, on a real level in 2008 where the Copyright Royalty Board, and this was like after years of kind of battling and trying to figure this world out. The CRB basically, they set these rates at like it was about 10.5% of the revenue um, minus the performance income. The performance income gets carved out. So we're just talking about the mechanical component. Now, but even to do that, we have to understand what streaming really is. And it sounds simple, but it's not. And this goes back to why this rate is such a variable because there's so many different types of streaming that even happens. Um, and we started off and basically the, the first time they, they made this rate and they really decided on this, they basically were talking about a few different components. The first was standalone non-portable streaming. So that was streaming on your desktop, meaning non-portable. It's not, you know, if you have a Spotify app on your phone, you know, Spotify limits that if you, you know, that that component. So, um, you know, especially when I first started using Spotify, I could only use it on my desktop. Uh, for a paid version, it had to be on your phone. So that's what standalone non-portable streaming was. And there's a certain variable calculation they have to do for that. Same with standalone non-portable mixed. That was the second one. That meant interactive streams and limited downloads. Now, I'll take a, just a second here. Um, I realized I wasn't. I, I didn't define this yet. When we talk about streaming right now, we're talking about interactive streaming. You might hear that term being used when you're talking about interactive and non-interactive. Interactive basically means, think about it like this, you're interacting with the system, you can play on demand, you can go, you can search for the song you want and play it. That means that that's an interactive stream. Non-interactive streaming was like Pandora where it's these, uh, it was like a radio station or a playlist that you can play but you can't actually pick the song on demand. Um, I mean now Pandora has that function but they used to not have that function. So those are the two differences. For this episode, I'm just talking about streaming in an interactive sense. Uh, we'll talk about non-interactive uh, on another episode, but streaming, interactive, that's what it means. So uh, historically, like I said, they had these uh, standalone non-portable um, mixed, which was mixed with interactive streams and limited downloads. So limited downloads means you can download a song as long as you're subscribed to that platform so you can take it offline for example when you you know when spotify gives you the option to download a song so say like you were going to go on and on a flight and you were going to be on airplane mode but you wanted to download a bunch of songs you can do that now if you were to cancel your subscription from spotify those songs that you downloaded quote unquote are gone that's why they're called limited they're actually not permanent downloads which is what we saw in the mechanical episode. Digital permanent downloads are like what you download from iTunes. Limited downloads are what you download while subscribed to a streaming service. Now, these are just basic terms so you guys can kind of understand the differences of and how kind of complex this can get. Now, um, another one that they covered was called uh, standalone portable. So we saw Non-portable, now we're seeing standalone portable. Well, that's very different because you know you're you can listen to it on your desktop or your phone or another portable device. So there's like another write and rate for that as well. And that's also for interactive and limited downloads. 
another one was called bundled. You may have heard that term, like a bundled service. This is like when you buy a new phone and they say, hey, when you buy this phone, you get a year subscription to Spotify for free. So it's like a bundled service. Um, it, you don't, you're not paying that monthly subscription fee like you normally would. Uh, they do a deal with these companies. It could also be like an internet service provider. Anytime those services are actually bundled, that's called a, uh, a bundled service. So um, that's another way of kind of calculating royalties and defining these, these rights. Now, there's also the, the free non-subscription ad-supported services. So meaning if you have, a, we see this with Spotify, if you have that free subscription, that means you are, uh, you're basically getting the ads on there and revenue is being generated from those ads versus revenue generated from dollars and that, that are paid through subscriptions. So that's another way of calculating rates. So already, you know, thinking about how, uh, you know, how many differences there are in the way that you can even stream music, that all affects how much you're getting paid. And that was back in 2008. There has been even more that have come up since then. So generally, that's what, um, what was kind of first established and things have changed. Then in 2012, they added some more. And this kind of came when, when Amazon started getting into like the music world. That's when like we all really kind of saw it. it was like, oh, what's Amazon doing? So if you guys remember the Amazon locker and the whole like cloud movement <laughs> where the, the cloud started becoming this thing. Well, that was, you know, that happened uh, back in 2012 where they had a paid locker service. So that was similar to where basically um, you you know, paid for this subscription to have this locker and that would give you like continuous access through all these different devices to uh, listen to the recordings that you purchased. So it was a way of like constantly listening to the music that you would buy through this cloud on multiple devices. So that was the paid locker service. And again, there's another royalty rate for that. Then there were also things like, you know, a purchased content locker, which basically said, hey, we're going to give you this free locker, this kind of like free, uh, free cloud here to hub all your purchased music and play as much as you want. Um, so there was these different, you know, there was a mixed service bundle. There was uh, just general music bundle where you can, you know, say, hey, for one fee, you can buy multiple different recordings like a CD and a download of something for a, a similar price. So there were all these different offerings that kept coming about with the development of new ways to consume music and deliver music and distribute this music. So for every one of those different ways, as from a copyright perspective, these change the way your rights are being used. And remember, every time someone wants to use your song for a certain way, they have to do two things. One, get your permission through a license and two, pay you a royalty. So every kind of new one, you know, ways that this functions has to go back to that license and royalty. And now we even see it with the different services um, that, that a lot of the streaming services provide, whether it's like a premium service or a family service, um, you know, a student discounted service, the, uh, all these different plans, I should say, uh, subscription plans that are coming out to, uh, create more offerings. Well, every time there's a different offering that affects the royalty rate and the license and what it covers. So 
I really wanted to, to stress that point just to show you how it's just, you know, an ever evolving way of looking at new technology and ways we consume music. So that's why when people say like, oh, you know, I get paid this much for that. Well, it's like, for what? Does that mean for Spotify premium? Is that your family? Are most of your audience subscribers? Are most of your audience coming from Amazon? Are they coming from Apple? Like, what are you talking about? So that's why it's so complex to think about how we're getting paid from these streams, especially as songwriters. That was the first point I wanted to talk about. Now, in 2018, uh, just a, a few years ago, a couple years ago, there has been uh, one of the biggest changes in music, and it really revolves around this Music Modernization Act, which I'll also be talking about um, in a later episode. But you know, because the the music publishing industry, the that represents the the right holders, you know we're constantly fighting for better rates. And just a little background information on that, it goes back to a point that I haven't talked about yet because I don't want to add more confusion, but I'll just lightly say it now. So for us as songwriters, uh, if you're a songwriter, then what happens is that anybody can record your song and put it out there as long as as long as like it's already gone through a first use but once your song is out there and recorded and distributed anyone can make a cover of it and you can't really do anything to stop them because of copyright law we don't operate in what's called a free market unlike the sound recording side so and what that really means is that we're bound by this federal law and protection. That's why the CRB, the Copyright Royalty Board, is so critical because we can't negotiate our own rates. See, on the sound recording side, they can negotiate with Spotify and Apple and whoever they want for whatever they want. They negotiate in a free market. But because we're bound by this uh, federal copyright law and what's called compulsory licensing, meaning as long as you get a compulsory license or give the copyright holder a notice of intent to obtain a compulsory license and follow the guidelines of the of the compulsory license then you don't actually don't need that kind of like formal permission from the songwriter you can't stop as a songwriter you can't stop someone from doing that and it also means you can't stop your song from being put up on Spotify the only people that can do that are the sound recording owners. So that's a big point. And again, we'll talk about this later, but I just wanted to t- tell you about that because um, that's why these rates are, and, and the way we think about this royalty is so important because from the musical composition side, we do not operate in a free market. So we're constantly fighting for better rates and making this more fair. Because from a songwriter and publisher perspective, the royalties you get are actually about nine to 10 times less that of the sound recording. So for example, if the sound recording rate was 0.005 per stream, then on the publishing side, it would be 0.0005 or 0006 or 0004. It's that extra, that's that third zero. Um, that makes the difference. So it's way less than the sound recording. 
And there's a huge difference there and they're fighting to bring those rates up. So let's talk about what that really means. Um, so in 2018, there was this huge, huge ruling that really changed the game that's actually uh, being appealed. I think it starts in 2020 uh, and 23, but, um, or 2022, I think it starts actually. But it's being appealed by Spotify, Google, you know, Pandora, um, and I, I believe Amazon. I don't think Apple is. Uh, Apple is not um, appealing it, but these other companies are. And what they are appealing was that basically that rate, that 10.5 kind of historical 10.5% of uh, the service revenue, that's kind of what it's always been. Well, that's increasing from the 10.5 in uh, 2018, it's going to be increasing to 15.1 in 2022. And every year it has gone up since. Um, right now it's, it's uh, just above 13% for 2020. And I believe like 13.3%. So um, there's been this kind of like five-year plan to increase that rate. And that was done through this uh, big ruling, um, which was led by the National Music Publishers Association. So that was that was really really big, and the streaming services don't like that. Um, they just don't agree with it, and they're appealing for you know many many reasons that I don't agree with. But um, that's what's happening. So definitely, you know, we'll we'll be covering that and looking closely at that. So that's kind of what's been going on in our streaming world. But for you to know that the rates have actually gotten better for uh, the songwriter side, the the owners of those rights, um, which is really really important. So. So now we kind of covered this world of mechanical streaming and the rates and how they've changed historically, all these kind of different ways they can be uh, used. Your songs can be used on all these different platforms and just know like they're going to be more and more and more platforms offering more and more services. So things are going to continue to change. So uh, we'll, we'll continue to, to keep up on that. But I wanted to really stress that you know we're, we are just talking about this one kind of mechanical streaming royalty aspect here and, uh, and what that means for you. So now let's move on to actually what defines a stream. So a stream is defined by 30 seconds. If your song hits that 30 second mark, it's going to be counted as, as a stream. If it gets played less than that, it doesn't. So that's really, really, really important. That's why you kind of even see... Um, short songs that'll be at least 30 seconds long. And if you actually put a song that's 30 seconds, like people try to kind of game the system here, uh, it actually has to run through that entirety of the song to count as a full stream. Also, what you should know is that songs that are over five minutes start to count towards additional streams. And for example, if your song is between like five and six minutes, it's going to count as 1.2, the amount of streams. If it's between like six and seven minutes, it's going to be 1.4 streams or, or plays. And uh, if it's nine to 10 minutes or more, then it really counts as two plays as two streams. A lot of people don't realize that. Um, and I'm just a sucker for long songs. I don't know. I, I just like them. So for those who like making long songs, I know it's not the most pop friendly, but uh, you can actually get paid more royalties if people listen to that because they count as additional plays. All right, now let's just take a few minutes to talk about the royalty flow and how these uh, royalties get from the streaming companies to you, which is kind of a mystery, right? So 
first talking about these mechanical publishing royalties another difference of of why they uh, differ so much from regular mechanical royalties so as we discussed last episode mechanical royalties are generally paid by the record label to the publishers and the songwriters right so a record label basically collects all this money for downloads cds and vinyl from that money they make a payment to the artist for the sound recording and then they make a payment to the publishers and songwriters and that's what that 0.091 payment is for that we talked about extensively last episode this does not happen for mechanical streaming the record labels do not pay the publishing mechanical royalties it doesn't happen at all they're paid very very different so the flow for this goes like this spotify generates money and uh for your song right this money for the publishing side for the mechanical streaming side on the publishing this money gets paid to basically two main places here in the u.s the first is the harry fox agency which you may have heard before and the other company is called music reports these two companies administer different streaming services the harry fox agency represents spotify and apple among a few others and music reports they represent companies like amazon slacker deezer pandora those types of companies among others as well so think of these companies kind of like these two little hubs that collect your streaming royalties these companies then pay them to publishers and songwriters because and you ask like why are these companies even there these companies handle the licensing and the royalties on behalf of these larger companies like spotify so for example spotify they you know they don't have the capacity nor are even you know willing to invest in you know the mass amount it takes to license millions of songs on their platform and distribute royalties and do all that reporting so they work with a company like the harry fox agency to basically say hey you guys already do this you're a mechanical licensing agency you have all this information in your database already we're going to hire you like a third party to kind of like outsource this work and handle this for us and so the harry fox agency says great uh we'll coordinate all that we'll get the information from the writers and the publishers we'll get all that song information and basically work with you to get those royalties that you're making bring them to us and we'll pay the songwriters and publishers and that's how it has really worked so most of the time that's um a lot of people don't necessarily realize that they they come to me and say you know am i collecting my mechanical streaming royalties and this is if you are you're either with a publishing administrator so if you're a songwriter and you're with a company like song trust or you might have an administration deal with um you know a publishing company whether it's cobalt or a major like universal or any other publishing company that's out there if you have an administration deal your publisher uh, or a company like song trust is going to go and make sure you're getting those royalties from the harry fox agency for spotify now if you don't have that if you're not represented by a publisher or you know at all and you're just independent then you have to go to the harry fox agency to get those royalties paid to you or 
you have to go get into an administration deal so that administrator can go get those royalties for you. And I'll talk a lot more about this um, in again in later episodes. I know I'm, I'm, I keep saying I'm going to talk about this in later episodes, but just bear with me because I have to talk about some of this stuff right now to build on our general understanding, but I can't go too deep because um, it'll just run on a long tangent. Look, guys, I can talk about this for days. So what I, my, my point is just, you know, understanding the flow of royalties and how could you start going about collecting them. So Spotify gives their royalty reporting to the you know, Harry Fox agency. The Harry Fox agency then pays your publisher and your publisher or administrator pays you your mechanical streaming royalties. And if you don't have a publisher or administrator, then Harry Fox would just pay you directly. You wouldn't need that other entity right there. So that's just the general flow of how those mechanical royalties come. And some of you might be thinking, oh, my deal with DistroKid or TuneCore, they're paying me my mechanical royalties. They're only paying you your mechanical royalties if you opt into their publishing agreement. If you're not, then you're not getting paid those mechanical royalties. And a lot of people are usually missing these mechanical royalties because they don't even know what mechanical streaming royalties are. And that is the point of this episode. It's not to talk about you know how much you're getting paid, how does the royalties work on the calculation side. The point is to understand that these mechanical streaming royalties are separate from your sound recording royalties. They're separate from your performance royalties that you're getting through ASCAP and BMI. These are separate royalties that you should be collecting and need to understand. But I get this a lot from independent artists and songwriters. Um, and for me, look, you know, education is just not very accessible out there in the music industry. And, you know, it's one thing to, to try to understand these different aspects of like, why am I getting paid so little? Well, before you can even ask that question, you have to understand what you're even getting paid for and where to get that money. So again, mechanical streaming royalties, um, you know, they are this little kind of component here of your whole entire streaming world. And also note, I haven't even begun to talk about the sound recording side of all this, where there's royalties there too, both on the um, actual like stream side for the recording and the performance side. So there's a couple other streams of uh, income that I haven't even begun to talk about. I'm only talking about publishing royalties here. So that's why this this is such a um, it, it's such a conf- it can be such a confusing thing because when we talk about publishing royalties, there's so many different types, and this is globally as well. This is, you know, when you see your number of streams on Spotify, that doesn't represent U.S. numbers. That represents the worldwide numbers. So, and a lot of times, the U.S. numbers can be a lot less than your worldwide numbers. I've experienced many, many, many catalogs where those numbers on Spotify, you're like, oh, I have, let's say you're an artist with like 10 million streams. Well, that can actually be 2 million in the U.S. and 8 million in all the world. Um, so how are you going about getting those royalties and tracking that and getting that income? Again, that's a conversation for another day. 
but hopefully this kind of gave you an overview of kind of the history of where we've come with streaming, knowing that there's all these different ways from you know, portable to non-portable, subscription to free, bundles and lockers, and there's all these different types of ways these streaming services are evolving and creating offerings, and you have to get paid based on all those different ways, and it changes. The rates are different. They, they're variable rates. Um, and one thing I will say, just to, to ease you know people's mind, if you wanted to ballpark it from the music publishing side, Right now, the trend is to say it's about 0.0004 per stream. So a good way I tell people is like, if you have a million streams, if you wrote a song 100% and that song streams a million times on one platform, you'll get $400. Now, that's not a, a hard line. It could be 300, it could be 200, it could be 500. That number can change. It could be more or less in any direction depending on all these different variables, um, and especially your market share. And that's actually one last point I want to talk about too um, before we get into like the calculations episodes is that all of this is because it's variable because it's based on market share. And you may have heard that term market share or a royalty pool. And whenever you hear that, that basically the concept of is how much has your song streamed in comparison to all other songs out there. Or from this total amount of revenue, how much is you, has yours generated? So if there's like 10,000 streams that occur and your song streamed 500 out of the 10,000, then that's what it means to, to calculate on this royalty pool method. So again, that's why there's so many variables um, on trying to project what you're going to get paid. But again, that kind of sheds a little bit of light if you wanted to do some preliminary projections. But also know that, you know, when your song gets played a million times on Spotify, it, there's also a lot of other streaming platforms out there. So it's not like that singular of like, oh, I got a million streams, it's $400 that I'm going to get. Well, you also have to think about how much did it stream on Amazon? How much did it stream on Apple, on Tidal, on all these other platforms that are out there to try to get some type of estimate for what you might be getting paid uh, based on the, the amount of your song uh, that it gets played. So that was a lot. I try to cover as much as I can um, from an overview perspective. I know I kind of bounced around a little bit. But hopefully that gave you um, just a general sense of some of the terminology, some of the basic things we talk about, and uh, but more importantly, understanding that this mechanical streaming royalty does exist. It's a publishing royalty. And if you're not collecting it or you want to know if you're collecting it or if you are collecting it, but you think it's really abnormally low for the amount of streams that you're getting, reach out to me. Uh, I'm an expert in this field. This is what I do uh, for tons and tons of people is uh, I, I dissect this stuff from a very royalty point of view. So I'm happy to help you and break some of this stuff down. Reach out to me. You can connect with me on Instagram or Twitter. I'm trying to be a little more active on Twitter at paid in full pod um, or drop a comment wherever you can find me. I'm out there on the interwebs. And again, thank you guys so much for listening. I'll continue to you know, explore so many different things of this crazy in industry, especially this hardline business 
dorky royalty world. But um, I'm going to continue to to dish out stuff. And uh, for me, my motivation is you guys listening and the constant support. So you guys are everything to me. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And I will see you on the next episode. 